if you suck, shoot more because at least one of them will come out. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you that? Like, Welcome to Offstage with Jordan Baylor, where you'll discover the stories behind the movers and shakers in the entertainment and business world. Now, here's your host, Jordan Baylor. Welcome to Offstage with Jordan Baylor. This is the first episode of the new decade. We're here, 2020 people. They told us we weren't going to make it, but we made it. We're here, and today I have a guest for you. His name is Vin Long, a photographer slash entrepreneur based out of Houston, Texas. He's the owner and CEO of a new and burgeoning digital marketing agency in the real estate niche. They're titled Real Estate Movie Trailers, or REMT for short. Vin is a visionary. If you sit around him long enough, he'll sell you a vision you can't help but vividly, vividly see. It's it's almost like IMAX. You want to act on it and you want to become a part of it. So it's no wonder there's always models, real estate agents or yogis that want to be a part of his projects. What I admire most about Vin is simply put his mindset. It's infectious. And when he goes places, it's boisterous and and. And it can't be contained. He he almost bounces off the wall. We dug deep in the interview talking about gratitude, launching a business in 2020. And he even gave me the ultimate key to changing your life. I recorded the interview Tuesday and started putting his tactics into place Wednesday. Simply put, just for 24 hours. And I'm already seeing major shifts opening up for me. I don't want to sound like those, uh, those, those YouTube ads. (laughs) but the stuff works man so i present to you a man who personifies self-reinvention vin long so tell the people who is vin who is vin yeah who is vin google me bro no i'm just kidding kidding. uh who am i man that's such a loaded question yeah uh i'm just a i'm just a dude trying to make his way you know what i mean like Trying to, try to do the best I can to be the best person I can be and, and trying to connect with as many people as possible. Trying to help as many people as yeah. possible. So what, what I like about you is, you is you always come from a place of help. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if anybody's ever told you that, but you always... Yeah, I need a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's very sincere, though, with you, you know? So, like, when you shoot photography or you do videography, you're always, like helping people so even when you're uh i don't know if you still do it anymore but like on your instagram videos where you were like doing tutorials and you were like showing helping people you were kind of re- was that more for the real estate thing what was that me yeah that was you <laughs> remember you were doing the videos like in the corner and you were oh, oh right right, right. Yeah. yeah i mean those are those are for uh the company uh-huh. um and that was specifically like marketing content uh that actually helps the uh industry or the demographic to understand you know um what we do and like new ways for them to kind of wrap their mind around new new types of marketing okay so so uh you got your start tell me about like uh your childhood how did you get into photography uh that's an easy one uh my dad is a photographer still to this day Mm -hmm. um and back in new york um my mom owned a uh wedding business mm-hmm. and my dad was a photographer my mom would do the makeup and she would sell dresses and limousine services and etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. um 
And by the age of like 11 or 12, I would have to go on these wedding shoots with my dad to like assist him, you know, just literally be like a squire, like, you know, go get, go get dad, you know, the flash, go, go get this and that. And my dad would slowly start to teach me like what ISO is and what the settings are and all this stuff. Uh, and it got to the point where by the time I was like 12, my mom made me go and handle my own wedding shoots that she would book. And I would like be the, and this is back in like the film days, like yeah. not even like digital where like, if you fuck up, like you could delete and start over type shit. Yeah. This is like, we used to bring back rolls of, uh, Fuji film. Um, like bags of them, like, like, like shoot, like if I didn't shoot like 12 rolls or 30 rolls or some shit like that, yeah. like I was in trouble. <laughs> you know what I mean? And dude, especially like back in those days, it's like, yo, if you suck, shoot more because at least one of them will come out. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, but yeah, that's where I got my photography start from. Um, were you always interested in photography? Uh, it always kind of came as a knack to me as far as like at family gatherings or whatever like you know i would be i would just volunteer to like take the family picture with yeah. like a point and shoot or something like that and then my i guess my my parents saw that i had kind of a knack for it um and they were like we're gonna work here. yeah we're gonna we're like you know uh, classic asian parents right like uh but I'm, I'm grateful for it because it like definitely started teaching me a trade even when i would, didn't even know about it and mm -hmm. uh yeah, it was, um, like, I got my first camera when I was in fourth grade. I remember, I remember, like, it being a pretty big deal because, like, fourth grade, were you, like, 10 years old? Yeah. Like, my dad bought me my first manual SLR camera, like, with the lens and everything. And, like, the one that you have to, like, the ones that, like, like high school or college students yeah. would, like, get in photography cl class or yeah. club or whatever. I had when I was, like, 10 years old, but at first I didn't really, like, have money to put film in it <laughs> so, so what i would do is like i would just carry it around and uh and just pretend i was like a spy like i would just spy on people like at my, at my mom's job or whatever like i'm the only child so like i'm also like running around and like eavesdropping on people and i would just like use it as like a spy like in the movies yeah and just like it was a zoom lens so i'd like zoom in and like listen to their conversation while watching this <laughs> It's, yeah, I was a weird kid. You're a voyeur. <laughs> You're a voyeur. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine that? It's like, and I had one of those like like uh, funny bowl cuts too. So it's like this little bowl cut, bowl cut Asian kid like running around. Honey, like, who's that bowl cut? Asian? Yeah, I actually still have that camera till this day. Wow, I, I I've never sold it. It's I, your first I camera. It. You can't. It's like it was. Yeah, I remember it was the Olympus. 2000 i think the olympus 2000 om om 2000 yeah so when did you make the decision and be like you know what i'm gonna i have these skills i have this talent that my parents uh made me hone my my you know cut your teeth at basically like yeah. when, when when did you say you know what i'm gonna make this my career it wasn't until later on in high school like around 16 years old when i was like a junior mm -hmm. because from between the ages of 12 when I did the professional weddings and stuff like that, mm -hmm. till 16. So that's what, like, my math is horrible, right? Four, Four years. years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that kind of Asian. <laughs> um, okay, so four years, right? Like, 
I fucking hated photography. Like, because it was a chore to me. Oh, it was a job. Yeah, it was a, it was a wedding. It was like my mom. It was like doing the family business, and I fucking hated it. Did like, your parents know that you didn't like doing it? Well, I was just being a brat. Like, I mean, most kids, when you put them to work in general, it wasn't that I didn't like photography. It yeah. was that it was that it was work. Yeah. Right. It was Saturdays were like at weddings. Exactly. Exactly. My Saturdays were at weddings. And literally the, I would say the worst part that I can remember, but was the most crucial part was that because it was film, right? Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Because it was film, once you develop them, right and you get the prints back we would have to organize them with like roll a roll b roll c and just like write them on the back of the the um picture Mm -hmm. because if they if the customer wanted to like enlarge them or whatever or like hey this is the one we want in our album Mm -hmm. it had a number on the back of the print and we would be like okay it's roll a you know uh number 36 Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so we would spend the night i would not we i would spend the night and my mom would sit there and critique every single freaking photo that I had. And, and like, she would be like, why you cut this, per- this person's head off? Why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? Like, you need to, you need to like set, it's so dark. You need to set your lighting up. And, and like, it was literally a critique session. So it was photography school. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and it, it, but it was, and I, and I remember like during that time, I just like fucking hated it because it would like be late. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like fucking 12, 13 years old. Right. And it'd be late. And I would just like be there like writing A, B, C through rolls, like 12, you know, to 20 rolls of film um, and just being critiqued on each of them. And uh, it kind of wiped the fun out of it for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. But it wasn't until, um, to answer your question, it wasn't until when I was like 16 years old because I still had a knack for like just shooting or like, you know, I was trigger happy, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it was so strange to me when I had the epiphany that there was photography outside of weddings. Like yeah. I like it blew my fucking mind. Like really like it blew my mind. Like one day I was just like, I like photography and it's cool and it gives me a platform, but like I fucking hate weddings, man. I just, and I just hate this family business and yeah. I don't want to be a part of this. And then one day I was walking through Times Square and it just like the dumbest thing. It just hit me. And I was staring at a, at a Sean John, uh, a poster of P. Diddy putting his arm up or whatever. Oh, in like huge a velour, yeah, yeah, in a velour suit. And it was like this long vertical billboard. Yeah. And I remember walking uh, with like my family and I looked up and I was like, somebody shot that photo. Why can't that be me? Mm. Right. And that became like my mission to start shooting more magazine, like more editorial, like, like to be like this badass fashion commercial photographer. And that's been my journey, um, you know, for a while. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, you, as an adult, and and you were talking about like how your mom was basically grinding you and be like, why didn't you, you know, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you yeah. do this? <laughs> did, have you ever brought that up to your mom and been like, mom, why were you so hard on me? Or did you thank her? My mom was the one that was like about discipline, hustle, hard work, and and my dad was more of like the fun, always knew the the cool places to eat, always, you know, was was a good dancer, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? He was the fun party guy, right? Um, and and showed me like how to enjoy life. And so I feel like with both my parents, like I kind of had that balance. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I mean, today I thank her. Back then, I I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Like I I hated it. Like, in the sense where I just wanted to make my own way, and sometimes it's overbearing because it's like. My mom's kind of a control freak also, and me being, like, the only kid that she's ever had, like, she's also afraid of every decision that she makes mm-hmm. for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. So, you, you, you've you basically, like, taken your trade and, and uh, that's how you feed yourself, like, off of a camera, like, to this day, correct? Like yeah. Between, you know, your... Yeah, like, I literally eat on my camera. Literally eat on top of yeah. the camera. Yeah, that's why the bigger the camera... No, <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean, I mean, it seems like you're equipped. You know, it seems like they, they, they equipped you, you know? For sure. Yeah. It's definitely giving me an edge. Yeah, for an edge, you know, because you, you do videography, uh, regular photography, um, on and, and uh, REMT. Uh, tell me more about REMT, because I, I, I want to talk about that. Um, REMT, so real estate movie trailers, um, where did that idea come from? Like, where did, where did that bolt hit you? Man. So, okay. So I'm originally from New York. Uh Uh, and my goal was to like be a fashion portrait photographer, like shooting, you know, um, covers of GQ and Vogue and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I, assisted under photographers and and worked in that industry you know what i mean i used to have to drop off like photos and deliveries at like vogue's headquarters and stuff like that right Mm -hmm. and so that was the path that i wanted so i had this aesthetic and um some some things in my life happened where i moved to houston um you know six years ago and um i was like okay so i just put my faith in God and just was like, okay, I'm going to take this step and see what unfolds here. And after being here, trying to bring that fashion editorial, you know, like that, that like mainstream, like commercial quality, like, uh, aesthetic to Mm -hmm. Houston, um, which didn't exist here. No, it was, it was awesome. But at the same time, um, it was at a time where people didn't spend money on it. And even to this day, people, it's starting to get more popular, but people just, the the thought process behind it here and like, there's just no money for it here, really. You know what I mean? Like you go to places like LA, New York and like overseas, like to like Paris or something like that to do like that level of work. Here, a lot of it, you know, people, it, it's an industrial like city, you know, oil, gas, you know, real estate, stuff like that. And after a while of like trying to, you know, introduce my style into like doing commercials for brands out here or like, you know, doing editorial photography or lookbooks or whatever, it just um, wasn't as consistent and it wasn't as appreciated. Yeah. You know? Um, And uh, after a while, I just, I really got disheartened to the point of like depression. Like I felt, I felt like, you know, like, what the fuck do I know? Like, I'm, I'm worthless, apparently. Yeah. Like, nobody gives a shit. Like, you know what I mean? In this market, yeah. at least. It's, yeah. like, it's like driving a Ferrari to a farm and then, like, trying to sell the Ferrari and, like, nobody yeah, wants to fucking I need it, a right? tractor, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like people want to, like, pick up truck and, yeah. like, all that shit. So, I started to think about my situation and it's, like, it's so important as an entrepreneur to really have a skill or a product that is need-based. That is not simply just, oh, that's fucking cool, right? Like, because if it's not helping anybody, it's not helping anybody. 
right? And then, so I had to put myself in a position. I was like, what can I do here that there's a need for? And I remember doing like some side gigs of like, you know, taking real estate photos and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like getting more and more into video. And I was just looking at the market and I just noticed that like, the real estate marketing industry, like when it comes to photos or videos or whatever, is boring, man. It's mm. like so boring. So like, stale. Yeah, it's boring, long. Like I remember my mom is a realtor now or whatever, and she was an investor for a long time. And just like looking at some of the things that she's looking at, like these 10 minute, some even 20 minute long videos of houses. And I'm like, you're going to sit through that? Like, <laughs> This shit is boring, man. You couldn't pay me to sit here and watch that, right? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, what can I do to make this more exciting? Mm-hmm. Like, so I decided to just do it my way and take all the things that I knew from fashion, commercial, and all that stuff, take my experience and pour it into uh, real estate. And that's where Real Estate Movie Trailers was born. I started to make like these MTV crib style, you know, fun, exciting videos um that like sell the message and get the heart racing and you know that's where we are today have you been growing it uh i mean it's still in its um in its phases of growing like more and more um but really like literally like knocking on doors and like dming people on instagram and like emailing people anytime i see like a real estate sign i would like hit that person up like call them um, just real, like leaving no stone unturned and just really just knocking on doors, man, figuratively and literally. <laughs> yeah. I like that, man. The yeah. hunger. Yeah. The early days before it really explodes and they're like beating down your door. Cause all it takes yeah. is one. It just yeah. takes one. Yes. Yeah. So you're just getting through the nose at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Man. But the quality of the work is, is exceptional, man. Appreciate it, man. It's, it's like, exceptional. it's you know. not to like toot my own horn or anything like that but like (laughs) (laughs) but like really like just the power of um i mean if if y'all want to know the secret and if there's any like person out there that's trying to create a brand or like a business or like you guys are interested in doing something it's like it's not as formal as everybody thinks it is like it's not as like abc it's like you just and you'll be surprised like how how easy it is right it's to just, just to just start to just do it right and then you'll be surprised that what you thought was whack somebody thinks is like amazing right and then that's where it builds off because like that's where like you just need a couple of people to start building the energy and building like that like belief mm-hmm. right and then and then you just continue to put more stuff out there put more stuff out there and just keep knocking down doors and and you know just keep the the flow of the work going and then slowly you can start to uh, solidify and and evolve into like something greater but everybody thinks it's like you got to be perfect and do the everything off the bat and it's not really like that you like it just always starts off ugly you know to you hell yeah but like your ugly is better than some people's best exactly and people don't realize that exactly people don't realize that exactly like, you're tr- like say like people want to start a youtube video like or youtube channel like your your garbage ass youtube video is better than somebody would say 100k subscribers because all they're doing is like 
cutting together somebody yeah. else's videos. Yeah. But they have 100K, but they don't even feel like they're creative. Oh, and, hell yeah. You know. That reminds me of, I think, like a Les Brown uh, quote where you know like it's talking about consistency and just like putting yourself out there like there are so many people that are just they get the business or they get the followers or they get the whatever right mm -hmm. because they simply showed up hmm. that's it like that's it because they knocked on the door not because they were great just because they showed up they showed up and the the quote by les brown is like even a broken clock is right twice a day hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. so it's like if you just show up like it becomes a numbers game. Like yeah. somebody's gonna give you a shot. You know what I mean? It's like event. Yeah, yeah. They just didn't give up. Exactly. You just didn't give up. Like, like somebody I saw. I mean, I can't. I mean, the person I saw, I was, I was like blown away. I mean, this was like the most inspiring thing I've seen. Was uh, that guy Jeffrey Star? You seen that dude? He's like the yeah, makeup, the makeup artist guy. The makeup artist. Yeah. But like he. I remember his, when he was on MySpace. That's exactly my point. Yeah. But he was always makeup. He always did the makeup. And now look at him. My man had yeah. a $15 million house walkthrough. I was like, God damn. Yeah. He just stuck with it though. Yeah. He just stuck with yeah. it. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on that at the end of the year, my $15 million home. We're doing the podcast. You heard it here. We're yeah, doing the podcast. Here first, guys. $15 million yeah. house. Yeah. If you comment below right now, I'll invite you to the house warming. <laughs> Comment below. All right, so you do so many things, right? Like you do photography, you do videography uh, for the females and, and the men as well. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the men's. Yeah. But uh, how do you juggle it all and, and, and not get lost in the sauce? Bro, like, honestly, I wish I had a simple answer. And I wish it was like, I don't get lost in the sauce. Do you feel like you do? Hell yeah, man. It's real life, bro. It's yeah. real out here, bro. Yeah. Like, it's... It's just keeping your head above water, man, and, like, just staying on top of it and just not getting distracted. Like, like everybody everybody goes through that, I, I believe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I've heard interviews with, like, Kobe, you know, and Jordan and these guys or whatever, or, like, Michael Phelps. Like, these top performers, they still have, like you know bad days or they have days where they doubt themselves or whatever mm -hmm. but it's like they've gotten into the practice of shutting that shit off like when they when they they hold that thought captive you know what i'm saying yeah and they've gotten into the the habit of doing that and then they also place the right peoples around them mm -hmm. that um that basically will support them when they're when they're feeling like that or whatever right so an example that i heard of one time was like a marathon runner uh-huh she, this is a true story, a marathon runner. She would have her family or have her, the people that she looked up to or whatever, be at the marathon, but she would place them at different places along the marathon. And those places were the places where she knew she would get tired or get weak or whatever. So that by the time she reached that point, she would see somebody that like she supported her and was like, nah, keep going, keep going. Oh, you got this. And then she would pick up her speed. Like, at the places that she would feel weak. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty so, sure she knew it from, like, all the data. Right, exactly. Data. But the, but that's kind of, like, a metaphor for, like, yo, just, like, you're you're going to get distracted. I mean, you're going to get, like... Weak. Weak, burnt out, or whatever. But you have to prioritize your time and, like, your focus on what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. And, like, just, like, as easy as, like, shut the fuck up and get, get up. Get up and go. Like, just stop that thought right now. Stop that right now. And just... Focus. Go back. What's what's productive right now? Is this productive? Being mm -hmm. like, you know, 
all, all like in your head and shit. No, yeah. is it? You know what I mean? So and it's, it's, a, it's a work in progress, bro. Like yeah. I do it. I I gotta <laughs> remind myself daily. Yeah. Is it a, a a challenge to shift creatively between like, you know, because you you <clears throat> photography you're kind of working for yourself, but you're also kind of working for your client. And then REMT, you're basically working for your client. So is it a, a difference in the creative mindset? Because you can't... Do you feel like you have as much creative uh, control both ways? Absolutely. Really? Um, well, because like the product that I put out is such an extension of like my vision, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a, it's it's something that I'm still processing because sometimes you get hiccups because... There are people that hire you to put their vision together, mm-hmm. right? But in a way, I work in a way where it's like, I'm going to try to help you put your vision together, but you came to me for my style and for my expertise. Yeah. So that's the part that's going to be like a little tricky to navigate. And I'm still trying to find better ways to navigate it. Um, but for example, like for instance, Apple right yeah like when you go to their thing and you buy an ipod or i mean a, a ipod i just gave away my age anyway, <laughs> uh, an iphone uh you go you go get an iphone or whatever and a lot of the things are proprietary right proprietary yeah. right um and it's like what apple did was they trained and educated their like their demographic to understand why they didn't put certain features in there or whatever right to, for their style and their ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So it's like you came there knowing that this is our ecosystem and this is how we do things here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this is not a customizable all you can, you know what I'm saying? You can't use Windows software to add songs to it. Right. Yeah. So in the same way, like people do come to us because of our style. So there are certain aspects that we try to educate and, and, and you know, educate our clients on like, hey, this is the reason why we do this and this is the reason why we do that. And that's how we get what we get. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and we're going to try to tailor it as best as we can to what your needs and looks are looking for. Um, but yeah, I hope that answers your question. No, no, it did. It did. <laughs> um, do you feel like REMT is a distraction from your original goal, which was to be a famous fashion photographer? Uh, I don't think so because... I feel like it, in life in general, like as you get older, like some dreams change and you have to also allow yourself the freedom to like, un- to let things evolve. You, you know? can't be so rigid, huh? Right. I mean, like you, you could argue that, yeah, this person has had that dream since they were five years old and they've held on to it forever and diligently. And if that's your thing, like then, then, you know, more power to you. But then some people hold on to a, an expectation or a role that they have on themselves mm-hmm. that like, yo, that dream died already. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like maybe Damn. it evolved, maybe it evolved into a new dream, yeah. a better dream, right? Something else that is going to like fulfill you in ways that you didn't even think. And I think that, uh, REMT definitely was that for me mm-hmm. because I was looking for something really, it wasn't necessarily to be a fashion or portrait photographer, mm-hmm. but to... I guess, um, express those creative juices. Do you have that? Like yeah, a, like yeah. a creative outlet to creative do the, outlet. to do the things that I want to do, like mm-hmm. that I think are dope. And you know what I'm saying? Cause like, at the core of the dream is to basically own your content, 
create the content the way you want to create exactly. it. Exactly. And it doesn't matter if you're shooting a fucking house or a woman. Exactly. Or a man or exactly. a football team. It all is all Vin's vision. Exactly. That's what it's all about. Exactly. Okay. And 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 with REMT, I feel like I've created a company uh, or a business that is able to supplement all of those needs, my creative needs, my business needs. You know what I mean? Because even as an artist, like it sucks being broke. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Like you could take bomb photos all the time or whatever, but if nobody is paying your bills and then, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you're not like, getting Yo, you, there, there's a part of it where it's like personal responsibility as an adult. Like yeah. in this society, yeah, you know what I'm saying. You wanna you wanna live off the land. It's or capitalism, whatever. baby. Yo, it is right. So yeah. and and there's a personal responsibility to like just hold your own weight, right? And like and be a man. Yeah, or else it's just a hobby. That's yeah. the difference between the professionals and the hobbyists, right? Like, yeah. so I think with REMT, I've kind of found that because my creative juices of like do it everything that I love about fashion, everything that I love about commercial and all that stuff. I'm just pouring it into this industry. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. I feel like I asked you really hard questions and you just like <laughs> asked them like really well. I feel like that was a hard question. Like, you know, did it get you off task? Uh well that's yeah. a hardcore question. Like, well when you're not here I just sit and stare in the mirror and, and like think, in, what would Jordan in, ask me? <laughs> to interview myself and for hours on end. Alright, so like uh <laughs> Alright, so it's twenty twenty and, and and I follow your Instagram and you've been like reinventing yourself. Seems like you've been reinventing yourself mm-hmm. the past, I say, 90 days. Yes. Kind of seems like you've gone through like a reinvention where you're like, you know, you're doing a lot of yoga, you're doing a lot uh-huh. of uh, 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 online gratitude journaling, uh-huh. uh, all this uh, spiritual enlightenment, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you're trying to get the chakras open <laughs> and the chi. What, what, what's trying to get these about? bank accounts open, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> trying to get these pockets open. <laughs> what's that about and, and, and how has it uh, helped you? Oh man. Um, okay, so we're shifting over to the personal side now. Um, about three months ago, so this is January, maybe four months ago, so October ish, right? Mm-hmm. I was just going through like a time in my life where I just felt trapped. I was super depressed. I was like in this like victim mindset um and i was i was just feeling like real miserable mm. like in every aspect of my love life my my family life my adulting life my career life like everything everything just felt like like all i wanted to do that felt right to me mm-hmm. was to run away like literally to like just disappear and not even say a word like just ghost like, to everybody like ghost and literally start a new life somewhere else like bro like, i always wondered like how people <laughs> could be like i'm gonna go to the store and get some milk and then yeah. it's just gone from Yo, like- no i'm dead ass <laughs> i'm dead ass bro like and that's just being real i'm just being real like i'm telling you and i have you know i have a kid uh-huh. you know what i mean like and, shout out to caleb <laughs> yeah shout, shout out to caleb my, my, my number one man um but yeah like I, I have a kid and like the whole family situation with me and his mom's like that was a whole thing and like you know like just being a single dad and and like trying to figure out life and like my career I, i've dropped the ball in my career so remt has gone through phases man like mm. it's not just like a smooth ride the whole time and just being inundated by like shit in my personal life right yeah. like 
And so about four months ago, I was towards the, the, the bottom end of like rock bottom, like feeling like real trapped and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of it, there's this voice on the inside of myself that I think I was either born with or like has been conditioned in me or whatever. That's like, yo, don't give up, bro. Like they're like, nothing is impossible. Right. Like, like you can change there's a voice like and and, you know like i'm a big believer in like god and like Mm -hmm. you know spirituality and 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 all that and um i just felt like he spoke to me in that that moment and was just like do you trust me like Mm. you can turn this around like like this is nothing like you just gotta get your head out your ass like you know what i mean it's like a real what do they call that dark night of the soul when you have like that moment and literally i was i told myself i was like I started, it sounds crazy, okay? it sounds crazy, but it's like, I started talking to myself, like, reminding my own spirit, reminding my own soul, like, because in that dark moment, I was, um, I was saying things like, I'm not worthy, mm. I'm, 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 you know, nobody fucking loves me, you know, like, I, I, I can't, I can't do shit, I'm broke, I'm this, I'm that, right, like, like, what's the point, right, I was saying all this shit, and then, a part of me like was just like yo shut the fuck up yo like uh-huh. like yo like sh- like yo do you know who you are yeah. like stop being a little bitch like do you know who you are and then it was like you're the head and not the tail you're above and not below you're a fucking masterpiece you're you know you're 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 incredible like you have dominion everywhere you go you have the universe living inside of you you could literally you've been you've been to rock bottom before and you came back like who are you right now like shut the fuck up right now like who what and then and then that's when i just took my bearings and i was just like got real with myself and i was like yo i'm being a little bitch right now like like yo i need to like I need to, like, I have the power. It's already in me. Like, I have it, and now I just need to turn it on. I just need to stop this bullshit voice that's in my mind or, like, this, this like, this dwelling mentality. And I was just like, you know what? I'm unhappy, whatever, but I'm going to make myself happy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the things that I told myself I'm going to do. I'm going to fucking get up and, and do this. So I started slowly do, taking steps, and I think that one of the first things that works for me is if you can control your body first, mm. everything else kind of starts to become easier and easier because like you just need to you just need to start racking up little wins. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like and at that time I just needed a win, right? And I wasn't really working out as much as I used to. I started like gaining a little bit of weight and stuff and like you just feel kind of like gross about yourself. Not not the way you feel not the way you look. You feel sluggish. But yeah, you just feel like you ain't doing shit with life, yeah. right? You just need to start winning. So I was like, I wanted to get more, um, I, I've always told myself I wanted to be like a yoga instructor or whatever, but I never took the leap to do it. And so I was like, what's the first step? The first step is just having consistent practice. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to yoga every day. Like, like that was the only thing I didn't put anything else on my, I'm on my bucket list. Like a lot of times we put a lot of things on us and it becomes like overwhelming. Yeah. And I was just like, one step at a time, bro. If I could just show up every day consistently, like, I could do anything. So I just started showing up to uh, Black Swan. Shout out to Black Swan Houston. <laughs> uh, I just started to show up to this yoga studio. And I was just like, no matter what, I have to do yoga and or else I don't, or else I don't sleep. Right? 
And so I just started showing every day, every day, every day, every day. And then an, and then an epiphany happened where this, I think, was probably the biggest thing or the most profound thing that happened in my practice, right? Or in my life. The biggest reason, I think, why I was unhappy with my life and why my life was stagnant and like things didn't go places or whatever was because I was too focused on the self. I was too focused on me. Like, mm -hmm. oh, woe is me. Like, why, why is this happening to me? And blah, 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 blah. And I totally lost focus on like giving to others, like really like, you know, giving of my smile, of my energy, giving of, you know, it doesn't have to be money, but it's like, yeah, giving. Like, like I, when I used to live in New York, I guess maybe living here in Houston, you don't, there's not a lot of foot traffic. <coughs> yeah. But in New York, you, you walk know, everywhere. like I walked everywhere and sometimes I would see homeless people and sometimes I'll just dab them up. Like not even like sometimes I don't have money. But I would stop for like two minutes. Like, what's two minutes out of your day, right? Like, I'll stop for two minutes, ask them their name, like what they're doing, like, you know, like, and just share some like dignity and like, and like love, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that like, that was the, that was the big switch that turned on for me that was like turned off for a long time. And, you know, like, I'm not trying to like brag or like be like, you know, like, oh, look at me, but it was just always in me and it always felt good to like share that love and that joy and like compassion with people. And I, for a long time, especially in those dark moments, I was just focused on myself. Like I wasn't giving of other people to other people, you know what I mean? And it's understandable, but, but it's counterintuitive to think that way. It's like understandable to be like, I got to focus on myself. I ain't got time for nobody right now. I got to focus. I haven't even made it yet. But the secret yeah. is, the more you give of yourself to people, to the universe, to life, every, with everything that you do, right? And if you do it with love and compassion and joy and connection, like things just start rushing at you, man. Like blessings start coming, like doors start opening. Like it's fucking crazy, bro. But like that was the most profound thing. And so when I would go to do yoga, I still do it to this day. I actively introduce myself to almost everybody in this in the class like i shake i shake their hands i ask them their name i smile i always remember to bring high energy or good energy or whatever mm -hmm. and i connect with people and slowly but surely like it became like this like snowball effect of like just good shit happening bro like and i felt great you know what yeah. i mean and and i felt that it's one of those things where it's like if I died right now, would I be, would I be content with how I live my day today? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if I died right now, maybe I might not have made the riches that I wanted to make or accomplish the things that I accomplished, but did I live today with intention and love and purpose? And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and, and whose life did I affect today? Yeah. You know what I mean? Who By just, I, but yeah. Yeah. And who did I improve? Exactly. So yeah. like, so long as you live in that state of like constant love and joy and progress, like even if it's 1% of progress, like, yo, that's gratitude, bro. And then it, it went down to the gratitude thing that you mentioned. Like, yeah. I started to, that was another thing in my practice. I'm sorry, this is going long. No, but, man, this is but, exactly what I asked. <laughs> but um, another profound thing that definitely, like, and it's crazy. And, and the reason why I say, say it's crazy because it's like some lessons you learned before. Like, I knew all this shit, right? Like, I, like, yeah. like, I've learned this stuff before, but it's a difference where, like, you get distracted and you forget, yeah. right? And that's why, like, it's a constant practice. It's not like a, 
Like every day you have to practice kindness. Every day you have to practice joy. Every day you have to practice good, like intentionally doing good, right? Like focusing on the positive. Right, right. Like, like because every day you're doing, right? It's not like, oh, I did a good thing today. I'm good for the rest of my life type <laughs> thing, right? Like, like, oh, I ate yesterday. Yeah. So like, oh, I should be good. No, you have to feed yourself every day. That's why they call it a practice, right? That's why they, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so another thing that I did was just uh, having a gratitude journal. And it helps to write it out, but some days I would forget, but every day I would say it verbally, mm. right? I would thank God. I would just, you know, I would thank God for like, you know, thank you for his love, grace, his mercy, whatever. And, and remind, and, and just start reminding myself of thank you for this day. Thank you for breath. Thank you for, you know, the wins that I've had, you know, mm. and I would start trying to get as specific as possible. Right? You don't want to just say broad things. You want to remind yourself of even little things like, thank you for coffee today. Thank, thank you, you for my eyesight. Yeah, thank you for eyesight. Thank you for uh, uh, that I had toothpaste today and yeah. I didn't have to go to the store. Like, yeah. shit like that, right? Like you can afford ice cream. But I mean, you know, not ice cream, but... <laughs> <laughs> Brush my teeth with some ice cream. Yeah, I know, right? But, but, yeah. but you know what I learned out of this, though? It's not the actual thing that you're grateful for that has the power. Right. The power is not necessarily in the gratitude. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, yes, you have to feel the gratitude. That's great. And that's powerful. But the other thing that people overlook is that it's not about the thing. It's about the action of intentionally looking for shit to be grateful for. Mm. Because it's like, like, I honestly, if I sat right here and I asked you, like, what are you grateful for? You'll probably at most maybe list 10 things off the top of your head, maybe less. You just be like, oh, thank you for my health. Thank you for my family. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Then you're going to be like, uh, what else am I thankful for? Right? Because it's not our, it's not our normal, um, it's not like innately natural for us to like, just start. We're, our, our thing is we look for problems. It's like, it's like this. It's like in the society that we're in, and this is my opinion, of course, but you know, the society that we're in, we're always looking for, oh, what do they have? Uh -huh. or what do they have uh -huh. so it's like we're always looking for what we don't have right instead of looking at what right. we do have right whereas like someone says oh man I just got this job and only pays me seven dollars an hour but like seven dollars an hour some people don't make that in a month some places in yeah. the world yeah. and you're making that in an hour and yeah. I'm not saying in, in, in this economy that that's you know you're not doing well. Yeah. But I'm just saying like $7. Compared, but it's switching the perspective. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the, switching the, the perspective and being, at least I have a job. Yeah. At least I have a roof over my yeah. head. At that's least, where I am now. Exactly. That's where I am, but that's not where I'm going to be forever. Right. You know, right. That type of right. stuff. Right. And, and living in that. For know? sure, man. And yeah, the most profound thing out of that is just that action of looking for things to be grateful for. Because we're, our, our brains biologically are... Uh, because it's trying to protect us. So it's like looking for problems, mm -hmm. right? To either stay away from fight or flight, right? Like, like, oh, like that's painful. Stay away from it. Or, or like, oh, that sucks. Or this thing sucks. Or like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's always looking for negative things. And if you look for negative things, you'll always find them. Facts. At the same time though, it takes a little bit more challenge to look for things to be grateful for. But if you start really looking, you start to see it. And if you say it out loud... I, I swear to you, like in five minutes, you'll feel so much better about yourself. You'll feel, you'll feel like this power and this energy, like, like building, like literally I'll sit there and after I thank them for the bit, you know, so just say thank you. Even if you don't believe in God or whatever, you just say thank you. Right. Like 
thank you for the big things like like health and my job and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then you start looking for random things it's like, oh, well, thank you for electricity in my house. Oh, thank you for, um, you know, thank you for my meal today. Thank you for uh, this parking spot. Thank you for, you know, uh, this awesome song that's playing on the radio right now. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you. And you just start going off and off. And your brain is actually like looking for shit to be grateful for now. Yeah, it is. So now your eyes are like shifted totally differently, like because you're looking uh, like I don't I don't I don't want to sound too dramatic, but like you're looking at, at the world through God's eyes, right? Like you're looking at it through like, man, look at all this wonder that's going on. Look at all this shit that I overlooked. Yeah. All this mundane thing that I just I was so busy thinking about myself and thinking about my problems that I didn't notice all this other shit that's happening, right? That it's amazing. And then you get into that that mode of thinking and it unravels bro like you start noticing blessings in your life you start noticing like doors opening in your life that you didn't notice before right because sometimes they're just whispers you know what i'm saying yeah like that and that that's the part that like was like like floodgates open for me bro wow yeah i'm like totally stealing that like i thought i was doing good on the gratitude like i was <laughs> no i seriously I, I like i was listening well when i interviewed esla who's the on episode two, he said to say thank you a hundred times a day. And I, I've been doing it since then. Right. And it's cool. That's great. I, I, I say a thank you. And then I list like one thing that I'm thankful for. And I say that in my head over and over and over. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's great. But to like apply that tactic with what you just said to look to actively look for every single blessing in my, yeah. it would take me like, you know, it would take, like, like you say, it'd take you a thousand lifetimes to yeah. think of every single problem that you've ever yeah. gotten through and you got through unscathed, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like when you do it, you could do it throughout your day. There's not like, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. obviously start with it, but it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll say thank you in the morning, like on a couple of things. Cause it starts training your mind. It primes your mind. Mm -hmm. That's the word priming. You're priming your mind to receive good shit. You're, yeah, you're programming yourself. Yes, you're you're not, programming yeah, yourself. You're programming exactly. yourself. You know? And then it's like it, it, it's not this like woo woo kind of like like you know like like um, spirituals like it's it's real it's real like yeah you know what I mean and um, throughout the day you'll just find yourself like noticing things right like like and by actively doing it rather I think and and if you're a person that doesn't is not used to doing it or like maybe just starting off saying thank you thank you and like those things or maybe listing three things you're thankful for mm -hmm. or something like that is like a great way to start yeah but really to work that muscle is when you actively start looking you know what i'm saying so yeah wow i love that that was a mouthful man <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me see what's on this late for 2020 as far as like personal and everything, everything. What do we, I mean, it's like the first week of the new year. So what do, what, what do we what do we have explained for the next fifty two weeks? Man, I've been around two types of people for mm -hmm. sure. Like they're the people that like really plan everything out. They have a five year plan, all that shit, right? And I get it, right? And then it's also like the practices and the planning, right? Mm -hmm. But then I also have people that like, oh, I don't plan shit. I just kind of do. I just like, you know, spontaneous, like, yeah, like, like if it happens, it happens, you know, I take it one day at a time type yeah. thing. Right. And I think like the balance is like trying to plan enough in advance that you have something to expect or to work towards. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then you have your daily tasks like that you have to do, right? Um, so right now I've been going through like these, I believe that your life can be totally different and I'm a product of this. Your life can be totally different in 90 days, which is three months. In three months, every quarter, right? Your life can be a totally, you, you can be a totally different person. Three months ago, I told you my story already. I was in a deep, dark place. Yeah. Now I feel like I'm on top of the fucking world, bro. Like, and that is through consistent practice for 90 days of just intentional gratitude and intentional practice and like f prioritizing myself, right? So now that you're asking me, I'm in phase two. So this is my second quarter of three months. So January, February, March, mm -hmm. right? And my plans, I mean, um, looking to hit some financial goals, looking to hit some, you know, um, uh, and I'm trying my best to be, to have these like measurable goals, yeah, right? Because I'm used to like being big picture, like, oh, I just want to be rich. Oh, yeah. I just want to be like, what is that? Like, no, I want to hit X amount of money in this amount of time, right? Mm -hmm. Or because then I can measure it, right? Yeah. So... I mean, I'm looking to do more podcasts. So, boom, this is manifesting already. I'm looking to do more um, workshops and, and teaching because mm -hmm. that, that was a big thing um, towards the end of uh, last year mm -hmm. that people were hitting me up about. Um, teaching for your videography? Yeah, like video, photography, you know, and mindset and all that stuff. Like, like what to look for and all that stuff. You teach that? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So, yeah. So, my I mean, my courses, not to get into that too much, but like... For instance, my courses, anybody can teach you how to use a fucking camera, right? Like, but what I'm teaching is, is vision, right? Like, like what makes my style, my style and how do you find yours? Right. And, and what to look for, what, what rules to break, what rules not to break, you know, X amount, like stuff like that, like to see things differently, because when you're able to see things differently, you're going to capture things differently. Right. So that's kind of what I teach. Um, a little bit. Just click the link below and you no. <laughs> go to my clear funnel. So, so use code uh, uh, Jordan Baylor um, for twenty percent. Yes, off. the uh, off stage. Is it on stage or off stage? Off stage. Off stage. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, off stage. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, twenty twenty man, like personal goals. I'm trying to do a press to handstand. I don't even know how to do a fucking handstand right now. Mm -hmm. But I've never been able to do a handstand. Yeah. So what? So I'm like content going the rest of my life not knowing how to do it. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like inversions are like a big like yogi thing. Yeah, like uh, inversion handstands and and um, what is it? The cartwheels. Oh, cartwheels like yeah. like flips and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, oh, cartwheels. Just like just cartwheels. I never knew how to do yeah. cartwheels as a kid. Yeah, yeah. One I almost broke my wrist wrist trying yeah. to learn. So I was like, oh, nope, that God didn't want me to do that. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's like well, one one death defying uh, uh, hobby at a time. Um, but a press to handstand. So a press, if you don't. So it's a basically like pushing myself off the ground slowly mm -hmm. into a handstand rather than like rather than like flipping up. Okay. On it, right? Um, that's like a personal goal of mine. And then let's see what else I got here. Um, oh, he's reading off his board. Yeah. Right so I wrote it down. I mean, like, and, uh, you know, building teams for, for uh, REMT and like, um, you know, really getting it out there to the different cities that we're, that we're in. Um, and, uh, yeah, like getting my... Um, uh, yoga teacher training certification so that's kind of like 
you're officially uh, allowed to teach and stuff now, like yeah. as an instructor. So that's been on my bucket list, right? And I'll be starting that in spring. Um, the certification? Yeah, like in March, I believe. Um, and it's like a three-month course. So I'm, there goes another three months, hmm. right? Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's 2020 for me, man. Just trying to up new levels, man. And it's really like mindset that's different right like like prioritizing and and cutting out the bullshit really to to because i believe that we can all achieve what we want to achieve it's just that we just get immensely distracted by bullshit hmm. by things that we put on ourselves or you know what i'm saying so, yeah boulders we pick up sometimes, yeah, or, sometimes yeah. it's put in our lap yeah you know or, or like expectations that we put on ourselves like for instance like an expect a simple stupid expectation would be like if you go to dinner, mm -hmm. right, and you always get dessert afterwards, yeah, right? So it becomes a tradition or it becomes a thing where you habitually now you're going to go eat dinner and then you're going to get dessert afterwards. Well, what if you break that habit and say, I don't have to get dessert afterwards. You know, I could do other shit. I could save that money and go do something else. I could go run in the park. I could go work out. I could go, you know, watch a movie or well, some I'm shit. Picking up all those extra calories. Yeah, yeah. right. Like, and, and it's not even about like calories or whatever, right? Yeah. It's just about like just breaking that like cycle of yeah. like having to do things the way that you've done them, or always going to the same restaurant. You know, yeah. sometimes people just get so stuck in their habits. Yeah, that, like you know, it's a new year. Try something new. Yeah, for sure. For try sure. a new restaurant. Try the restaurant that you've been looking at that you always see a line out the door. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, what are they serving there? Like, go try it. Like, <laughs> like for real. Because people, but you know, get stuck what's, in what's, what's a What's a new food that you've tried recently? Uh, Mod Pizza. I literally, I've seen that restaurant. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, okay. We literally went there today. What like, did you think? I thought it was pretty cool. I got a little overwhelmed when I walked through the door. Yeah. So I just ordered the first thing I saw. <laughs> And, you know, because there was people behind me and I was yeah. like, yeah, they're going to rush me. And I should just take I a little I love time. Mod Pizza, man. Yeah. Like, shout out to Mod Pizza. This is not a paid sponsorship. Uh, but <laughs> Yes, it is. Get 10% off. Of yeah. <laughs> uh, Mod Pizza, if you want to send us a check. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Or free pizza for the rest of our lives. Whatever. Whatever. Um, but, yeah, man. Like, that place is awesome, dude. And um, it's like affordable, good food that, mm -hmm. you know, and I love the the... I like how they're involved in like the community and they like feed the homeless and stuff. That's awesome. Oh, they do? Yeah. So like they give back food and, and stuff like that, like to help, you know, and then they're also like, they support the troops and stuff like that. So yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. All right. Uh, so to, to end the, um, in the interview to, to end the interview, I like to do a short, uh, word association game where I ask you, uh, a word. And you kind of give me the first thoughts that pop into your head. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to limit yourself to one word. That might be dangerous. Yeah. Because my, my mind is a whatever. fucking crazy, bro. It, <laughs> it does not matter. It does not matter. Okay, so uh, first word is art. Art. Um, now, it doesn't have to be one word because people always get hung up on it. Know, is, trying, yeah, I was trying to say one word. Okay. Like, I could tell you what it is to me, or yeah, what is, what's what is, the first thing that comes to mind? What do you think? Art to me is perspective, it's life, it's it's a it's a it's an active thing. Like, art is just a way of seeing things, okay? You know, what I mean? creation, God, God, freedom, freedom, um, the ability to authentically express yourself 
in any form, whether it be financially, whether it be vocally, whether it be um, with your body, you know, or with your art or with whatever it is that you're doing or whatever, like that to me is freedom to fully and authentically express yourself. Mindset. Mindset. Um, mindset is the first thing that comes to mind is like mindset is everything. It could, with the right mindset, you could move mountains. With the wrong mindset, you can you can get buried by one. Mm. Right. How many people find you? You can Google. No, it's fine. <laughs> one day, one day. Um, IMB, IMDB. IMDB. Me. IMDB me uh, in one of my Google movies. Google me, baby. One of my movies. Uh, <laughs> Student films. <laughs> um, you can find me on um, Instagram at Vin Luong Studios. That's V I N H L U O N G Studios. Um, or you can follow our uh, real estate uh, stuff is uh, Real Estate Movie Trailers. Um, yeah. And, and all his businesses will be in the show notes, of course. Yeah. And, uh, Thank you for your time, Vin. It's been a pleasure. And thank you. I'm very honored to be on the show. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you for listening to Offstage with Jordan Baylor. Now go forth and create.